Welcome to episode 47 of the Two on Three podcast, where two of your friends take on three topics in 30 minutes. I'm Ty, and you can find me convincing myself I'm speaking truth to power by tweeting at S-E-A-T-J-K. And with me, as always, is Chris. Where do you demonstrate your power moves, Chris? My power mo- in the bathroom, mostly. That's all my best moves are there. But if you're looking for me on Twitter, I'm at C.D. Villasenor. Wonderful. We'll interact with the show on Twitter at 2on3pod or hit us up via email at at 2on3pod.com. You know how much we love to hear from you. So we avoided any election talk last week with the grab bag episode, but we're going to pull on some of the levers of power tonight as we talk about voting. What's an overvote and why can a recount really shift? Can we improve the system and can we give people a, we'll call it a power vote. We probably can't improve the system. (laughs) (laughs) it runs so smoothly we're not going to fix it in 10 minutes we probably could fix it in 10 minutes and that's what pisses us off just the blockchain that's all we have to do the blockchain (laughs) it it takes care of everything it's It's all blockchain these days it's ball bearings and blockchain it's true we're going to talk a little bit bit in segment two about amazon hq2 and the power of the real estate market and the effects of the real estate market in a bi-directional fashion by the way, can we still calling it HQ2 because it's really HQ... We're going to talk about that. Don't spoil it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like HQ12 now. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. The whole thing's ridiculous. And in segment three, we'll stay heavy with the hands as we talk about Creed 2 and break down the Rocky opponents through the years. In the OT, we'll look ahead to Thanksgiving and also discuss the right way to talk about big round Harry Gonads on television. <laughs> but before we get into it tonight, Chris, yes, um, I want to talk about dating. Specifically, late last week, a self-described hashtag MAGA dating app called Writer, that's R-I-G-H-T-E-R, <laughs> launched and was, of course, immediately roasted by Twitter. Um, There's a shocker. <laughs> nothing gets roasted on Twitter. <laughs> I did hear a really nice characterization of Twitter where it's like, it's fun, but it's more. It's way more downside than upside. Like it's always, it's, just, it's like walking a tightrope at all times. Oh, it is. It is. I mean, that's the point of it, right? I think anybody who's anyone who thinks differently about Twitter is fooling themselves. Yeah. But you know, it's just a giant snark fest all the time, and pretty much, you know, whatever. But it was a little bit after, uh, or a concept after our own heart, because people were using puns to uh, to roast it. So I had a couple of favorites. I don't know if you actually looked at the the link that I sent you. I um, did. Did you did, did anything stand out to you? Because I liked uh, I liked Thirst Reich as another option <laughs> for the dating app. Uh, <laughs> the the most common suggestion was whiter. Sure. Um, that was the, that's there that's, were a lot of that's the low hanging fruit certainly. It really is. There there was uh, a lot of references to, you know, the difference between Nazis in 1920 and 28 or 1930 and 2018 is that in 2018 they have a dating app. Um, but for me, my favorite roast mo- moment of the writer tweets was plenty of fash. <laughs> really, I really enjoyed plenty of fash <laughs> as an option. Oh, I mean, this is, I mean, are we sure this isn't just a Kimmel setup? Well, I suppose anything is possible. It's only been six days since I saw this post. Because so there's no possible the way anybody thought this was any sort of good idea. Well, I mean, I think it's just it's the golden age of grifting. You've got a I huge just, population that's just bought into an alternate reality. Well, I'm just trying to think of the person who sees this and says to themselves, Oh, yeah, I, let me get an account here. <laughs> I'm, just, I just, I'm just not meeting enough conservative people to date. I don't know. It just it just strikes me as it strikes me as strange, but I guess I guess we're I guess we're slicing it pretty thin these days. Everything is that way, right? Targeted. We talked about targeted marketing. Yeah. There's there's no monoculture anymore. So I mean, hey, if you're uh, out there and really loving that Infowars stuff, if you're a QAnon enthusiast and you really don't want to deal with any regular people, <laughs> this is the dating app for you. Exactly. Exactly. I just it's just too. It's I just find that going out in public and and actually talking to people anymore is just completely out of the question yeah this this whole the 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 dating app thing in general to me is i feel bad for people who have to deal with dating apps i mean is what you don't why would i feel bad for people who have don't have to work to try to meet people like it's because working to to meet people was the best part i don't know about that 
Oh, I I think so. I, it was a, it was it was absolutely the most fun part of being single is to show up somewhere and you know figure out if it was a good place to be and then say ah oh, this place sucks and then jumping to the next place and talking to a bunch of people and just throwing your hat in there. It's just I I, I always love that aspect of socializing. I think that uh, I think people cheat themselves by. By taking this this shortcut, I think it's uh, it's much more fun to stick your nose into some other people's sort of bar business or club business and, and just sort of figure out are these people interesting? I, I always thought that was I thought I always thought that was fun. I think what you're describing has an aspect of it that is definitely you know a fun thing to do. Um, but I think that you can get that fix from meeting strangers in any sort of situation. I don't think that dating is the the moment where I want to have. The, the need to like poke my nose into your business. And maybe it's just because I spent most of my dating life here in one of the most unfriendly places on earth. <laughs> you're, I mean, you're absolutely, you're absolutely right, Joe. <laughs> I mean, Seattle in the, in the, in the early nineties, it wasn't so bad. And then as the nineties progressed and people started getting rich, much younger mm-hmm. because of technology I, I and stuff like that, it got bad. Mm hmm. And then I moved to Portland, and Portland was awesome. Yeah, in the late '90s, I mean, it was so much fun. And uh, and then uh, and then I then I took care of myself, and then came back here and saw everybody really struggling in Seattle. So I get why the dating apps exist, and someone created it because it was difficult. But I was like I said, I always thought that difficult was the was the reason to do it, and. Uh, and I liked it. It was it was fun for me. Fair enough. I also think that though, just I know that when I walk up to you for the first time, because we've exchanged a couple of DMs on a dating app, I know that you at least want to talk to me. Is a nice sort of <laughs> thing that you know to, to have in that moment. Is a nice confidence builder to have. Yeah. Um, I think it prevents you from stepping on your dick uh, when you're trying to talk. That's really sure. unfortunate metaphor to choose right then. <laughs> uh, and also, I have to promote. I think the positivity of of it improving safety for women in general. That's maybe true. not though. I, it might, I don't be, know. might be worse because you know, like some guy gets obsessed with you, and you might not have otherwise been able to do that. You've you've given away a lot of your you've given away a lot of you know a lot of the cards, right? You've shown your you know, a lot of cards before you even before you even sit down, and I think that's I don't know if that makes it more interesting or less interesting. I think people come up with other other assumptions about you, yeah. and and it takes away the 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 really getting to know you or being surprised which mm-hmm. is which is actually kind of a fun part of of um of meeting people and being interested in people i mean i don't know i mean there's a i think there's a power to being attracted to somebody from across the room and you know maybe that's the rom-com in me but yeah. um but it's too bad that that it gets and then now you've got a dating app and now it's like an even you're self-selecting even more, which I think is again a sad thing. I think you know my wife went to a very liberal school. She comes from a very liberal family. I grew up in the Midwest, mm-hmm. so I tend to lean, you know, I, I tend to lean center right. And and I don't know. I mean, if we lived in today's, if we lived in today's in today's world, we might not get together, you know, and that would be too bad. And I think that that people when they self-select like this, I think they do themselves a horrible disservice. Except for farmers, I think that you should use the. If you're a farmer, you should use the farmer dating app. <laughs> well, that's funny that you say that because that's actually the next point I was going to make. And now that we made this apparently an entire segment, I might as well finish the thought, which is sure. that you know you have an opportunity basically to lie before you even meet. Right. Um, because well, you're, you're supposed to lie. <laughs> you're suppo- <laughs> in, in the old days, we used to lie before we went out. No, that's man. how Keep we got. Real. Keep it that's real. How we, on, that's how we. Believe me, you you've. You've done the resume deal when you talk to a, when you've tried to entice a young woman to date you or to go out to dinner with you or go hang out with you. You've put your best foot forward in a way that probably wasn't a hundred percent. I mean, it's not like you lied, but you, you, <laughs> you packaged yourself in a way that you felt that might be more attractive to that person and then sort of worked your way 
from that point into a more real point. Here's the thing. My weaknesses are actually strengths. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too honest. It's true. I'm, I, I'm, I'm too honest. That's one of my, that's one of my weaknesses. <laughs> All right. Well, this was supposed to be like a political slant, like just appetizer for us to get into segment one. So let's go ahead and make that transition now. People love a They like a 1A segment. They like a 1A segment. It's okay. No, I like talking about it too. I just, uh, we got away from the nice segue that I had planned out. Oh, okay. Let's jump into voting then. All right. Well, in segment one, we're going to talk about voting. So I don't really have like a specific, you know, thing to cling to with regard to what we're going to talk about here. But there was a couple of things that have happened over the last week since the election that have been unpleasant for everyone. And I mean, the, the whole thing about let's not count votes. We got to go with election night is just is absurd. Um, that, that, that made me laugh. First of all, I wanted to address that aspect of you you said that you you know you conceded so the election is over um but you know there's more votes and it turns out that uh, it's not and the first thing i thought of was uh like i don't want to play golf with donald trump because he's the kind of dude where if he hits a good shot into the green you're like oh that might be good and then you get up there and it's you know it, it turns out it's four feet you're like well you got to finish that off well, you said it was good <laughs> right <laughs> like and we're never going to get off of that yeah now we can't now we can't uh yes we can't you can't be he wouldn't be able to be honest and say, Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, I need to put this out. <laughs> well, I, I played golf the other day. I hit a shot under the green that looked to me from where we were at on the tee because it was an elevated tee into a par three. It looked like it was about nine feet from the cup, and I get up there and it was about forty feet from the cup. Yeah. So you don't always have the best vantage point. And I think that's a pretty apt metaphor for what we're dealing with here when people are trying to call elections where millions of votes are being cast. Yeah, I'm um, a, I'm of the mind that just mathematically eliminate me, right? I mean just just count the votes until I'm mathematically eliminated and I'll just and I'll just concede then. But why yeah. would you concede with like sixty percent of the votes counted? I, I totally agree with your point here. It's like are you just trying to be expedient? I mean, are you just trying to say, I got a bunch of these people hanging out at my rally or whatever and I'd like to get them home in a reasonable hour, so yes. why don't we just why don't I just concede and let's move on with our lives? I'd be like, you know what, let's have a beer Everybody just go home. They'll count the votes tomorrow, and if we win, we'll get a, we'll get together again. It'll be fine. If I knew I was going to be in a close race, I think I'd plan for that. I think I'd be like, hey, we're going to have the the rally, but if it's not decided, plan to go home at ten. Yeah, and you know what? We'll plan to get together in six more days and, and celebrate then. Especially if you have a crappy, especially if, a, if you have a crappy voting system in your state, which is oh my god, Florida, what are you the, doing? You know, this is this whole. This whole thing just needs to be revamped. There's no reason people have to go to the polls and pull a lever or fill out a scantron for god's sake a scantron sheet <laughs> I mean, it's just a, it's just it's the worst and i think we we did touch on this the other time about being able to vote and sit with your ballot and do research while you yeah. vote and send in your and then all people have to do is they they've they've been and you could vote early and you your votes are being counted, and then at a certain time, the results start to come out, and they've already got, you know, in what in the state of Washington, by the time they start releasing the results, like half, of, more than half of the votes are like counted already. Yeah, which makes perfect sense to me. Or to, or why don't people? Why don't we have an election? Everybody votes, and then results come out two days later when they're done <laughs> you know what i mean this whole the whole idea of oh we're counting votes i mean sure it's exciting but ultimately i'd like them to count all the votes and say we counted all the votes and you win <laughs> you know that's this, this whole idea of we've counted 55 percent of the votes and then one of the candidates concedes is just idiocy to me yeah doesn't make any sense you know, I haven't done enough research to be well-educated on the past and how it worked and, you know, the, not the distant past, but even the recent past. But I have to assume that margins were generally fairly defined at an early enough time that they just became the sort of the standard. You're asking about why do they concede so early? Yeah. Um, no. And I, yeah. And I think that must have just been, you know, I think it's just it's norms. Right. Yeah. And 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 as we know, one set of politicians seem to be comfortable still playing by the old rules and another set seems to be writing them as they go along. Right. And. That's well, you can't if one set is writing them as they go along, then, you know, then you got to just you got to do the same, which is assume that norms are out the window. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not even sure this is a left right issue. I think this is just the voting system just needs to be. Well, it sucks. I it mean, there's sucks. No doubt. It just sucks. And 
they said, but only one party is saying stop counting votes, as if that's a real they should, thing. Should, they, they, nobody they should, should actually be nobody doing. Nobody should say that, and nobody should say stop counting votes because. But what they should say is all votes are due on Tuesday, and then they should come out on Friday, after all the votes have been counted and like like the yeah. Oscars, no, with right? You and then yeah. on Friday night, that because you're going to want to have a party on Friday night anyway, right? Who wants to mm-hmm. have a party on Tuesday night? That's a, that's sucky. Let's go to Friday. Let's have all the votes counted and verified by the election officials of cities, states, and federal, city, state, and federal, and then on Friday, you just get a result. Yeah, and if there's not a result, then you say, there's not a result, and then we don't hear from you again until there is one. Until there is a result, and then we don't have to do this whole... But we also have shit like the Secretary of State running for governor in the election that he's in. Sure. So that that kind of stuff needs to stop. Yes. Absolutely. And then there's people hauling votes around in people's, like, Volkswagens. I don't even know what the hell. Broward County. There's, like, this one county in one state in this nation that just does shit show all the time. Like, but if we had a system by which, you know, I mean, people say, well, then they'd just cheat behind closed doors and then it would be. No. I mean, there was obviously there should be a system. You still have observers the same way you do now. You just wouldn't. You just have to put a moratorium on media coverage right and and no and there's none of this whole build up to like oh here that we're counting the votes one two three four five that's <laughs> like forget it no and you're like you also candidates need to be like barred from public statements in the in the reading period yes and then yeah. and then like i said there's that dead period like tuesday's the voting date your vote is due by six o'clock i don't know pick mm-hmm. a number midnight man just the end of midnight. the day yeah just a postmark by or whatever yeah. and yeah. And let's just be done with this whole, you have to go to the polls. Unless That's you have, insane. there should be polling places for maybe some people who don't have whatever, right. whatever. I mean, but I, it seems like our vote by mail system works pretty well here. Mm-hmm. And that, I don't know why just every state can't replicate that. And well, it wouldn't resolve one of the problems, though. You mentioned Broward County that that we have with overvoting and why recounts have to happen at all is because with the Scantron sheet, which we still have with the mail-in ballots. Sure. They have to get processed by a machine. Yeah. And in this case of this example that I saw, you see, like, and I'll tweet this out on the show account. You tweet, uh, there's a, a bubble filled out. One of the candidates just voted for. And then there's, like, a, a what is clearly, like, a circle where somebody started to vote, like, inside the other bubble and then either, you know, changed their mind or realized that they're voting for the wrong person. And they didn't fill it out. But that gets rejected by the machine. It's really clear as a human being when you look at this who the vote's for. There's no right. question about it. It's more, but, it's, but because there's some marking in that blank, yes. the, the, the machine freaks out. Yes, it rejects it. And so because, that's why when you do hand recounts, it like can seriously change the actual outcome. And people think that it's like, how is this possible? And it's because the machines are very old. They're very dumb. They don't, the parts they don't make anymore. <laughs> like <laughs> there's no backup for a lot of this stuff. If they break, they break. And there's this attitude like, well, we just have to know. And it's like, why? You're not getting sworn in until January. Don't we have till the end of the year? Yeah. Yeah. What's the rush, pal? Let's all just... A couple let's... of things <laughs> about this. I'm like, would like, and this is never going to happen, but candidates should have to pass a civics test. Like, you should have to prove that you at least know how the fucking constitution works. Um, well, okay. Yes. Candidates. Yes. Maybe. You don't have to be a lawyer, <laughs> but you need to understand parliamentary procedure. We romanticize this idea that citizens can can be concerned about the places where they live and can move to represent their communities based on their willingness to do so. And I sure. think in the I think in back in the day that was that actually serving in government kinda sucked for people, like some people. Mm-hmm. Like they had to make a sacrifice. Yes. To go serve. And yeah, they wanted to make change or they, they Or they were the most or they were encouraged by their community to represent them yes, right. in government. Please go help us. Please. You're the most reasonable person. You're the smartest person we know. Can you please right. go to government and represent our needs? And that and that's since died. <laughs> but part of me JT Buckshell's dumping oil in the river. <laughs> But part of me feels like that still, that still should be something that people do, and I'm probably that's I'm just I've probably seen you know Mr. Smith goes to Washington too many times, but it's uh, it is it part of me feels like 
if a community could just convince the most reasonable person to to go, even though they're not a professional politician or a lawyer or whatever, that they should be able to represent, you know, they should be able to represent their community. Yeah, I think the problem is that so much of governing now is based on, like, legal challenges of existing laws. Yeah, it's just, yeah, exactly. And that's the so, problem, right? So if you don't have an idea problem. of how to, how that system works, then you're not really functional. Yeah. Oh, side note, side note on, side note on Scantron sheets. Yeah. When you have a 10-letter last name like mine and you're going through standardized testing as a high schooler, the Scantron sheet quickly becomes the bane of your existence. I bet. Oh, God. I've always thought that, like, you should be able to qualify for your vote to be worth more. <laughs> like, okay, so stay with me here because I know how this sounds. And speaking, I, I, I'm not a fascist, I promise. But, <laughs> but regardless of this fascist idea, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I want to talk about, like, a couple of things. So, like, oh, basically weighted voting. And not, like, based on, you know, if you're rich or low, low education and wealth have a lot to do with each other, so you got to be careful with this. Um, but if you start with a, a baseline value that everyone who's registered to vote, their vote is worth, I don't know, 50, all right, whatever, 10, it doesn't matter. <laughs> sure. Pick something easily divisible. Yeah, 10, fine. And then it, we make federally available uniform access to materials and an assessment. And based on how you do on essentially... It's not quite an AP Gov test, but and it is not a lot of a history. But again, a lot about like sort of civic functionality and and understanding sort of if you put this in place, what are your what are the potential outcomes? I don't know. Again, I haven't thought this through all the way. You're able to gain like an additional percentage. So and, and it's capped. So like it can't be like oh you're really smart, so your vote counts ten times. It's really just that you, if you're willing to take the time to go through the materials and learn them well and then do well in the assessment that you can, you know, maybe your vote is now worth 30 versus the 10. <laughs> okay, so so first of all, we can't get people to vote now. Look, I, I'm not interested in your real world problems. <laughs> I'm trying to fix the issue. We can't, people can't, we can't get people to polling place now. Well, that's what I'm saying. So um, enthusiasm okay. should be currency. Like no. if I want to vote very badly... It should be worth more. <laughs> no. <laughs> Citizenship gets you your vote, That's and your vote counts one. Let's that's, just say that maybe I don't believe that all men and women were created equal, right? <laughs> <laughs> Who's the... My God. <laughs> Where have we gone with this? But I think when you register to vote, I think they're a non-graded quiz before you are before before you vote and then we give you the answers to those those basic questions yes. like a like a little self-guided thing but thank you for registering to vote please do this quiz and then and then we'll give you the answers at the end and then you'll be better informed and then we figure out 10 questions that we think that all people should know about civics and and it's maybe easier for some and more difficult for others but in the end it doesn't really count but maybe you learn something sure but even in a state like ours and we talked about this during the election that there's the confusing ballot measure wording that's in seems to be intentional like oh, vote that, no that, to maintain because oh that that fucking sucks that is the that is so that's shitty you know who you can blame just, for that right uh no who tim iman oh yeah well tim iman tim iman passed the initiative however many years ago that was basically that the legislature couldn't enact new taxes without a without a popular vote so yeah. any tax that they put in place um, and any yeah, changes I, have to go through the ballot measure process. I think I'm in, I think we all know that in this state, Tim Iman's like <laughs> infamous. Yeah, if you're listening, Tim Iman, just go away. And super shitty. Nobody likes you. No. <laughs> and, and yet he kept getting like, you know, voted in. I don't know. If knows. you got money. Yeah, well, there you have it. Speaking of money. Well, speaking of patriotism versus capitalism. Um, in segment two, we're going to talk about Amazon HQ two and a half, and we'll talk about <laughs> million dollar cities. And also, um, I want to talk about Hooverville and shanty towns. <laughs> two so, A and two B HQ two A two B. What even is what does headquarters even mean now? <laughs> so it's not headquarters. There is no headquarters. It is the whole yes. The whole thing was the whole thing was. Um, confused to begin with 
<laughs> I'm surprised they don't call the warehouses the servants' quarters. The servants' quarters. The, the stables. Yeah, yeah. The uh, no, it's um, man, Amazon. They're getting they're getting some stick for this, and they should, but they should be getting much more stick for this. Are well, they getting one point two billion dollars from New York? What I'm saying is they should be being beaten about the head and neck. I mean the this whole idea that they this bachelor style thing that they rolled out where <laughs> we've got hey we're gonna build a new headquarters somewhere it's absolute fucking trash tell us why we should come to your city and why don't you just tell us what you might give us if we come to your city <laughs> and just watch all these communities turn themselves inside out for no chance of I mean, and so after the decisions made, it's like really New York City, Washington D.C. What, what do we? Why did you make all these communities spend tens of thousands, if not more, dollars uh, trying to recruit this headquarters to their community? So do you know what this is? It's just it's disgusting. It's a Bachelor. Well, yes, but you know what? I mean, okay, but what was this actually predates the Bachelor? The the model for this. What's that? It's the Olympics. Oh, yeah. We just haven't caught right. up yet because right. it's, it's disguised as capitalism where the Olympics was, you know, I yeah. don't know, promotional. It's, like It's it w- FIFA. <laughs> it's yeah. FIFA. Sure. Yeah. If you, I mean, who, FIFA, who's the only organization more odious than than the Olympic, than the IOC. Right. I mean, Pay yeah, us a bunch just, of money so we'll come hold this event in your city. Yeah. So I'm of the mind that communities – should be able to compete for businesses in a, in some way, shape, or form. Which is to say, I'm okay, I'm generally okay with a tax break if your community needs industry or has some sort of, like, people are say, hey, we'd like to consider building a factory or something like that. Can you give us a, a beneficial tax situation? We will come to your community and build a factory, a off a headquarters or whatever. I get that. But for the state of New York to take $1.5 billion of tax money right. and give it yeah. to Amazon yeah. is beyond ridiculous. And, and, and the people of New York, uh, New York State, New York City should be furious about this. Yeah. Because it's really not it's not cool. I know. And I think that, I think this sets a very, this sets a terrible precedent for, for how, um, these types of, uh, these types of deals are going to go down, uh, from here on out. And it's just late stage capitalism. Like it's just the last stone to squeeze blood from. And then, so New York city fine. It's, I mean, it's not particularly inspired. Uh I mean, but, the Washington D.C. thing is the is the really the <laughs> the bald face ploy to just we want to be in Washington D.C. because we want to be able to affect policy. Oh, I think they split HQ two in part to have four senators. <laughs> like I yeah. don't, I they're these, right. these are not good actors. These companies. No. No. I don't know if you saw the Facebook news today that they were basically they're actively spinning on their own platform like misinformation about Soros and like tying stuff together and promoting these things to like create a a cover fire thing because they're getting hammered by conservatives for the trending topics leaning left mm-hmm. i'm gonna like i'm honestly my last fa- facebook post is about to be facebook is a bad company and the only way for me not to support them is for me not to use their platform so goodbye everyone you know where to find me if you know me <laughs> right <laughs> like right i'll i'll share my pictures somewhere else because that's basically all i'm doing anyway well and i there wish i go. knew more about this because i had a nice local um parallel for the Amazon thing. So you're familiar with McMinimins. Mm-hmm. McMinimins is a Northwest business that revitalizes old buildings, often into hotels or bars or coffee shops, restaurants, really cool decor, decor lots of, they do, they're a brewery and a winery, so they have all in-house um, alcohol. Anyway, we're pro McMinimins on the two on three pot, I assume. Yeah, for sure. I've spent, I've spent many uh, a dollar and spilled many a beer at the McMinimins. Absolutely. And b- despite the service being always incredibly slow and often bad, it is sort of part of the charm. Um, it just depends, right, on the day that you go and who you get <laughs> sure. served Sure. And uh, sidebar on McMinimins, I did have, a, uh, did have a waitress spill an entire pitcher of water on me <laughs> there once. <laughs> Like, did you see it coming or was it like over your back? No. So it was, okay. So we were at, 
um, we were at the Kennedy School in in Portland, mm-hmm. and um, it was hot. luckily we were sitting in the courtyard outside. It was hot, and I was just sitting there, and the waitress was walked was walking by me, and all of a sudden she must have stumbled. I don't know what happened, but the pitcher hits the back of my left shoulder, oh my God. and it comes cascading in a diagonal way <laughs> down the front of my thing and then like basically down between my legs so it just basically crushes me like entire by the entire front of my body i have an and important it, question yes were you wearing jeans no good for you <laughs> <laughs> i don't wear jeans i know that's why i was asking to cap it off though is the fact that i didn't move she just smashed it on me. You know how most, most people would stand up, freak out, and like start flailing around. Yeah, you're just like, oh, that shit happened. I, I just, I just, I just sort of chuckled and sat there. <laughs> like, it didn't make a scene or anything like that. And this woman was so, she was very apologetic. And did I you pay for we, your lunch? I don't believe I did. I would hope not. And uh, but I just sort of, you know, you sort of brushed the water down. Yeah, <laughs> and I just left it there. It's like I'm not going to get any. And then 90 minutes later, I was pretty much dry because it was kind of a hot summer day. But anyway, that's my McMinniman story. All right. Well, I brought up McMinnimans because they, I live in a town that's been growing leaps and bounds the last few years. And they uh, had to kind of move on from the old high school to build a new one. And McMinnimans came in and, and purchased that land and revitalized that high school. And somehow our city council got McMinnimans to go in on completely revamping the attached football stadium the high school football stadium in such a way that it's now like a, a place where many teams come from around the area to play their football games in. This is the kind of thing that should go on when Amazon brings their business to your city. Like Amazon should move to Queens and be like, Oh, we're fixing the subway. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But exactly. Subway brought to you by Amazon is the right thing to do here. Right. As opposed to in, in as opposed to, Oh, we'll pay, we'll, we'll build your buildings for you. <laughs> it's like Amazon don't need your money. Right. Amazon makes plenty of money in fact the ceo and founder of amazon could cut a check for 1.5 billion dollars tomorrow and it would be no big deal pretty much and so why are you giving the people's money to this company it just blows my mind well and it only adds to the housing problems obviously we've seen here in seattle um you know you bring in good jobs and a lot of people locate relocate for those jobs and yeah. push people out of homes. And I know you brought this $1 million neighborhoods thing to the fore here. Um, and then I was just last night watching a special report on like the tiny house communities we're building here to deal with um, the homeless problem. And so it's like we have this, you know, the widening wealth gap in America is no surprise. But to have this world where I've said before we're on the Elysium timeline, I mean, I think we are like legitimately on the Elysium timeline where the rich people are just going to get richer. And I mean, Jeff Bezos wants to go to fucking space because he knows he's got to get off this planet before it, it's uninhabitable, which might be in his lifetime at this point. I think we're going to end up with this partially livable planet where only, you know, 20 or 40 percent of the existing landmass actually becomes livable. And then there's like we've got some sort of space station swinging around in orbit. It doesn't seem that far away all of it a sudden. Does, uh, yeah, the San Francisco, the case of San Francisco in terms of the million-dollar homes, for people to let me catch you up here, there was a, uh, uh, the folks at Trulia pulled together this um, infographic that shows the cities that have the most million-dollar homes from a percentage mm-hmm. standpoint. And the percentage of million-dollar-plus homes in San Francisco, California is 81%. Eighty-one percent of yeah. homes in San Francisco are will cost you in excess of one million dollars, and I'll tell you what—that million-dollar home probably the one-point-one million-dollar home in San Francisco probably isn't that impressive. <laughs> no, it's absolutely not. I mean, I know what a million dollars buys in Seattle, and it's not that great. Yeah, and it's not the worst. Sure. But if you're in Seattle proper, if you're in what they're defining as the metro area, you're in a house that is. What used to be just a straightforward middle-class single-family home. We're not doing, and we're not doing bad ourselves here in Seattle. Thirteen point three percent of homes in in Metro Seattle are. I think it'd be wider if they they loosened up the this like the definition of metro because Seattle doesn't really have a very large metro area. Yeah, yeah, but you know that's the but the thing about it is so now you're back into New York City, right? You're you're mm-hmm. you know here come twenty five thousand ish jobs. Um, but yeah, it's gonna it's gonna displace people because you're gonna get you're gonna get 
a lot of investment in real estate and now we've got people with some money and let's 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 you know we're going to we're we're not going to make the city better for lower income people uh in any way shape or form. Oh. So, good luck I there. just I really think that we need to come to a, an understanding that you shouldn't be able to buy a house and pay off the loan and then get priced out of your own home by property tax. Like that shouldn't happen. No. No, it absolutely shouldn't and it happens here all the time. You know, yeah. there's a the the standard practice of hey, I own a house. I'm going to pass it along to my children and then all of a sudden now my children can't afford the property tax on this house that right. I've already paid off. That's it mine. Just, yeah, that's, that's that yeah. we own free and clear. Yeah. Right. It's just and I mean that whole the ability to, you know, create wealth and then pass along wealth you basically just throw the monkey wrench into it and it's just and it's wrong well and if you examine it for more than two seconds you realize you're back in the ouroboros of corruption because the property tax is based on a county assessed a county assessed value so that's just arbitrary and totally opaque to us yeah like you just say that it's worth this much now that doesn't mean anything yeah they just yeah they could they could they could say it's worth whatever and that's what they do right absolutely and then they collect tax from you on it (laughs) right Exactly, because it's oh, your your home, even though your grandfather or grandmother, your grandparents paid thirty five thousand dollars for this home in mm-hmm. nineteen fifty five, passed it along to your parents, and now they're going to pass it along to you, and now it's worth one point four million. It's <laughs> your tax bill. You should have to wait, like capital gains tax. If I sit on a stock, it's mine. Right. And when I sell it, you can have your tax money and not before. And guess what? And when I sell it, you can reassess the property value because the property... Yeah, exactly. Because the property value... There's been a transaction. When it it was purchased is what it should be because that's what I paid for it. When I sell it, the person who buys it from me can inherit the tax bill because that's what they paid for it. Correct. If my grandparents paid $35,000 for this house, you're going to assess my property at $35,000. You could maybe you could inflation adjust it. I get that. Yeah, sure. Or just time value of money. You should not be you should not be rolling me up with a one point two million dollar property tax on you know on a on a property that I inherited from you know my family. Right. Exactly. That's 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 really the opposite of land ownership. Yes. Disgusting. Yeah. And I want to be crystal clear about something. I don't mind paying my taxes. In fact, I have voted to raise my own taxes in the last two elections because I know what it brings to my community. And like I said, it seems like our city council has their shit together. Yeah. If they're able to, you know, squeeze local businesses for community benefits, I'm all for it. Um, and I've seen them do good work. So I don't have any problem with the property tax like as a concept. I just don't like how it's enacted and how it hurts people that can't pay the bill or that are, are you know, put in, in dire straits because of that bill. Right until it gets until it gets out of hand, but right. <laughs> but for now, I'm yeah, I'm totally cool to I'm totally cool to to pay my local taxes as well because, you know, and not just because I have children in schools, I'm happy to vote for the school levies and all that kind of stuff. Exactly. I believe I will continue to vote for those things because I know how those things affect my community going forward. I have no right. problem with it. Yeah. Hey, I voted for ST three. People hate it. I hate it. <laughs> it sucks to pay it, but the train's awesome, and I can't wait till it's expanded. Yeah, you know, it's kind of coming into focus too in little places here and there. It, it's going to be cool. I have used it extensively in the last two years. Yeah, I'm gonna. It's I, awesome. Yeah, when the east side, the east side stuff's starting to come into focus, like a lot of the tracks yeah. are being built, and uh, yep. I think it'll be kind of cool to see the train kind of blow blow over 405 there from Bellevue on its way out to Redmond. I think it'll be cool looking. If there's you know a place for me to park my car on this side of the water, and get over to the city. That's awesome. Yeah, why not? All right, well, we I, I blew through a great segue moment again to talk about our local transit problems. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of being patriotic... We live and we learn we, as we do this podcasting thing. Uh, Creed 2 releases next week. And speaking of patriotism, people who wear American flag shorts are prominently featured in these movies. <laughs> right, and I'm going to go ahead and say it. I did not sign off on them to use my abs for the for the for the uh, Rocky uh, the Rocky 12 um, um, poster so can you call it Rocky 12 is it really Rocky at this point <laughs> yes are you gonna tell me like Jurassic world isn't Jurassic Park this is no that's different. Creed is obviously Rocky this is a Rocky movie I guess Rocky is actually in the movies <laughs> yeah Rocky is a 
primary character in this film. This really is Rocky Nine. Is that right? We're going to have to do a tally. Then one, two, three, four, five. Rocky, Rocky Balboa. Balboa, six, seven, eight. Oh, sorry, it's eight. Yeah. You know what I'm jealous of is how Michael B. Jordan got paid to go to the gym. Man, let me tell you what. Hats off to Michael B. Jordan. He, the dude has put the work in. I mean, no doubt. I mean, God bless him. I, you know, you can't hold that against him. Kid got in shape. Yeah. <laughs> and Creed, and the first Creed movie's good, and I. It's great. And and I'm very looking forward to this. But I think we may be stepping on to the. I mean. Obviously, the fact that we're reintroducing Drago <laughs> feels like a bit of fan service, but it's the right fan service. It's the it correct. It's the it is when when you first saw the trailer and you saw the whole the 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 Drago the Drago uh, robe coming out of that coming out of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got the whole. Oh yeah. Oh, it was exciting, and it's the perfect time to do it, right? You're not going to get four. I don't think you're going to get four movies out of the series, so just do it now. Yeah. Well, that, and that's what we. That's why we're doing this, right? So Creed Two is coming out next week. Um, he's fighting in the, the the main villain in the movie is Drago Two. Sure. <laughs> so they're gonna. They're, I assume they're gonna fight to the death. <laughs> <laughs> that's the rule, right? When when Drago fights a, a Creed. Yes. Well, they a fight to the death. There's only been one Drago Creed fight. <laughs> And it was a fight to the death. And well, not officially. Well, are you sure? It turned into a fight to the death, but maybe it always was for Drago. You don't know. If he dies, he dies. That's right. Anyway, so you wanted to talk about all the different opponents so that Rocky had I faced did. Over the I years. did. So this got me to thinking the other day about since we're bringing Drago back, like what if we had a real heavyweight fighting league? <laughs> the WRC, the or the World Rocky Boxing <laughs> League, and okay. they had to f- the. Not everyone just fought Rocky, but they fought each other. You know, so let's let's if we think about if we think about 1985 Creed versus Clubber Lang. Right. So this is a round robin tournament we're doing here. Let's say, oh yeah. So let's say 77 Creed versus Clubber Lang. How would you handicap this fight? So 77 Creed is still peak Creed because he... Oh, he's a heavyweight champion of the and world. And he wins. And he beats yeah. Rocky. 77 Creed versus Clubber Lang. What do you, how, do you, how do you like it? It's tough to know with Clubber, right? Because he wasn't much of a technical boxer. <laughs> he would beat you up outside the ring, though, in advance of the he, fight. He definitely would. He definitely would. And he had a penchant for uh, gold chains and, and feathers. I don't really under. I never really got that part of the Mr. T, uh, or of the Clubber Lang aura. But okay, so I don't know. It works for me. Like I watch it, it doesn't seem dated. It, or I know it's clearly dated, but maybe it's just because it was a moment in time for me. But it doesn't seem dated or bad at all. Like it seems perfect, and I miss him. Right. And what's what's also too bad is that Ice Cube would have been an awesome Clubber Lang son. Think about that. Okay. Maybe. But anyway, I don't think Ice Cube was ever up for the gym. But I'm just saying, we <laughs> no could, offense, we could have Cube. gotten a Clubber Lake Jr. P- played by Ice Cube if Ice Cube would have been perhaps committed. Anyway, I like it's. I'm, it's hard for me to bet against 77 Creed in any way, sort of shape or form. Well, you've got to assume he's just the best boxer of he's all. He's Muhammad these guys. Ali, right? He's 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 the greatest. Yeah, I mean, he's he's shit talking. He. You know, come on, Stallion. I mean, I guess that's later on when they become friends. But just the way he conducts himself. And honestly, at this point, like, for me, I don't, I can't really even separate Apollo Creed, the character, from, like, the rest of Carl Weathers' work. He's always Apollo Creed. Well, yeah. So, like, Apollo Creed in in Predator, um, you know, I mean, I know his name is Dylan, but I think he's just a, he's in the CIA. So, he's obviously, he's retired <laughs> before he died. <laughs> he made his return right. to the... See, that's why he fought Drago, because he went to the CIA for a while after he retired <laughs> and, you know, pushed too many pencils, right. as Arnold calls him out mm-hmm. for. Then he, That's why he dies in the ring a few years later when he comes out for the exhibition against he's, the Russians. Cause he's, he's not ready. He's not ready to fight. Yeah, they're trotting him out there like Captain America. They're like, hey, man, Apollo, you're still in shape. Let's get you out there on the USO tour. You could fight this yeah, Russian. Yeah. 80, so, so He's also Chubbs from Happy Gilmore. <laughs> he doesn't really die. He just he no, just, correct. He was faked his death because he couldn't take it anymore. He wanted to get out of the CIA, <laughs> so he faked his death and then went over to Woodbury to start teaching golf. I like it. I really do. I like this. This is like this is like my uh, 
Sean Connery in The Rock is James Bond theory. Exactly. I like it. Yeah. I think I I'm ready to sign off on Chubbs is really just Apollo Creed, <laughs> who they fake his death and he just moves on with his life. But it only works if he was in the CIA <laughs> between the, between the Rocky fights and the Drago fights. So he has to be also the guy in okay. Predator. But he also faked his death there. I think <laughs> I think seventy seven uh, Creed murders murders Clubber Lang, like beats the holy shit out of him like stings him moves on him um he probably just never gets hit he probably just like he probably lands a couple of good shots early he doesn't let himself get sucked into a brawl and then just floyd mayweather's in for eight rounds i mean maybe he's maybe he well if he let's say he never fights rocky and never learns the lesson of trying to punch a guy who won't fall down <laughs> if if 77 i think 77 creed whoops clubber lang i don't think it's i don't think it's much of a fight i don't know if he knocks him out but he definitely he definitely gonna win by unanimous decision in that one so you started with the marquee matchup is it even worth bringing up any of these also no, what, what clubber lang drago i think drago wins in a walk just because he's got the discipline and the strength like he's got the 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 murderous nature <laughs> i guess killer instinct was the phrase i was looking for I, yeah i don't think i don't think i don't think clubber lang has much of a has much of a chance against uh against drago in fact i think draw i don't think anybody should have beaten drago let's be honest i think that i think that because the movie's called rocky four <laughs> he beats he beats drago <laughs> That was a really important moment for me as a child. <laughs> that what Rocky beating the Russians, man, the Russians in the eighties. It's very important. The also the contrast between the fact that Dolph Lundgren's like a real six foot four, and well, that was the joke we made when it Punch Out came out because original Punch Out was not Mike Tyson's Punch Out; it was yeah. just Punch Out. And I was like, okay, so this is the Rocky Drago fight. You're Rocky because you have to jump to hit like half the guys that you're fighting. <laughs> Yeah, and Stallone's a you know a walk a whopping five six, right? So it's it's one of those deals where where you have this uh, on film. It's just amazing, you know. And of course, can we can we add Thunderlips, the ultimate male, into this round robin tournament? How is the ultimate male called <laughs> Thunderlips? I don't write the movies. I just celebrate them. Thunderlips sounds like the name of a seventies. 70s- <laughs> female porn star that's like six eight <laughs> just like just, it was all about femdom like just dude hogan hogan is so awesome is so awesome well i mean he picks rocky up and throws him at one point into the crowd yeah it's great which seems you know dangerous did, he, did these people sign a waiver thunder lips versus drago <laughs> in a mma style fight I still have, I'm gonna have to go with Drago. Yeah, no one's beating Drago. No. Can we find anyone in movie boxing dumb that can? How about Hillary Swank versus Drago? <laughs> wow. Hillary Swank in Million Dollar Baby versus Drago. No. That's not gonna Sorry, work. I was laughing, but I was coughing so hard <laughs> from having this cough that I had to mute it. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anybody? Is there anyone in boxing in movie boxing history? Let's put this out to the Twitter people who are four people who listen and all of France. Is, is there anyone in movie boxingdom who could beat Ivan Drago? I'm gonna say I can't think of anybody. I don't think so. I mean, my, my the reason I pick against Clubber is because he throws only hooks, like exclusively hooks. <laughs> like it just doesn't seem like a winning strategy. How about 2018? Adonis Creed versus Clubber Lang. Well, so he's a he's a light heavyweight. Uh, sure, Creed. Well, we also know that Mr. T is like also like five nine. Yeah, he's not really uh, outstripping um, Stallone much so in the ring on these. They're really they're really all light heavyweights. Yeah, <laughs> except for except for Drago, who's like probably the only true heavyweight in this whole thing. But Adonis Creed versus Clubber Lang. On abs alone, I'm going to say... Saved yeah. by the bell. No <laughs> knockout. <laughs> um, I'm just... Again, I have to pick against technique. Clubber, like, if you watch the movie, he throws only hooks. There's no other punches. <laughs> All right. Clubber Lang versus Tommy Gunn. Clubber wins that fight. Tommy Gunn is terrible. <laughs> no. Is Tommy Gunn beating anybody? No. He has AIDS. <laughs> 
not Tommy Gunn. Tommy Morrison does. But that's, Tommy well, whatever. Gunn. There's no difference. That's, you ever see Tommy Morrison again after this? Not really. Didn't he, like, beat AIDS? Or, like, he claimed he beat it and, like, tried to come and make a comeback? I yeah, I don't know. I don't what about know. Mason the Line Dixon? Mason the Line Dixon is the greatest movie fighter name in the history of Oh, my of God. Boxing. Are you serious? Mason the Line Dixon? You go- Trem- How's that good? It's just awesome. The Line. Yeah, Mason It's not a Dixon. good name. Mason Dixon. His name's Mason Dixon. He's the Line. Yeah, I get it. It's so good. You have to explain it to me. I'm mansplaining this to you because it's so good. It's not good. Believe me, believe me, the guy who wrote, or a woman, maybe, perhaps, but it's probably a man, the man who wrote that down the first time, it's like, he's going to fight a guy named Mason the Line Dixon. And everybody in the room went, oh. And then there were high fives, and there was a bunch of junk grabbing, and then they wrote the movie. My problem with Antonio Tarver's, can you work out a little bit more for the, for the movie, <laughs> friend? Like, he was never, like, the kind of, he was always the sort of skinny, like, he reminded me of, like, do you remember, like, you were an MMA guy at all? Not, not so much. Do you know the but, name BJ Penn? No, I don't. Okay, so he was a fighter that was, like, he never looked like he was in shape, but he won all the time. <laughs> Oh, right. That was Antonio Tarver. Like, he's one of these dudes that just doesn't look like he ever, you know, just lifts knew, weights. Just knew, just knew how to fight. I guess. Yeah, God bless him. Got them heavy hands. You know, knocking some fools out. All right, into the OT. Let's keep it uh, abbreviated because we are running long. You think Turkey is overrated? I think Turkey is overrated. All right, so for those who care, feel free to wade into our dumb Twitter argument about this. <laughs> And frankly, Chris, I didn't have any more energy to spend on it because I was going to tell you, it's like, we're actually not even arguing the same thing. I started with a friend of ours asking on Twitter, should you brine the turkey? The answer is obviously yes. Your response was basically... The answer is not obviously yes. Your the opinion, answer is if you want the, the turkey Indian, to taste good, the answer is obviously yes. You might... Okay. I'm going to concede that. You're going to get a superior turkey if you brine it. Okay. And that was okay. really my only point. But you come flying in off the top rope with your, don't okay. even fuck it around with the turkey. It's Why a waste of time. You? It is. It, brining a turkey and going through all the rigmarole of dealing with all that bullshit is not worth your time or your money or your effort because turkey is just a vehicle for sides on Thanksgiving Day. It's the showpiece, but it's not the star of this of this meal. Nobody goes home and says... We went to this place and they had the best turkey. No, it's like no, they had the best. They had the best mashed potatoes. They had excellent stuffing. They've got great cranberry. They've got a great pie. They've got all this other stuff. Nobody talks about the turkey because no one cares about. Ultimately, no one cares about the turkey because you're just gonna wash it in gravy and then eat it out of obligation. All right. Well, my counterpoint to this is, you may be right that no one's gonna walk away and say that turkey was amazing. But what they're damn sure going to say is no matter how good your sides are, if the turkey was garbage, they're never going to forget it. No one's going to, but no one's going to be surprised if your turkey is garbage. That's the, that's the other thing. My friend, I think you've had a lot of bad Thanksgiving experiences. (laughs) I just, I, it's not that, it's not that I have bad Thanksgiving experiences. I just think that all the other choices you can make besides turkey are better choices. And the only reason people make turkeys on Thanksgiving is because it's traditional. Fine. And, and I agree it. that you shouldn't make turkey again on Christmas. And if you do that, you're just an idiot. No. Why would you? Why would you make turkey? First of all, why would you make turkey at all? All right. God damn it. And, th- and then why? And then I, but I understand why you make turkey on Thanksgiving. But no one's no one's like going, God damn, I can't wait to make that turkey on Thanksgiving. <laughs> Everyone's going to say, ah, shit, we got to make a turkey on Thanksgiving. And that's that's really how we all feel about it. And well, I, my I, point was, if you're going to make the turkey, you might as well do it well. Okay. And well, you can I mean, make it good. I'm sorry. That that next day, and, and, and it does a lot, have a lot to do with the leftovers. Listen, being good turkey is like being the valedictorian of summer school. It's like, fine. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's whatever. It's a dubious honor at best. I don't know. You get that good piece of dark meat with the, like, piece of fat hanging off the end and, like, kind of snaps while you eat it and it's greasy as hell. Oh, it's just amazing. Come on. Listen, the best, the the best turkey you ever ate is not even in the same universe as the best chicken you ever ate. That's not the argument. Well, it is because it's why not. would because turkey is is in and of itself an inferior product, well, and you're essentially putting lipstick on a pig <laughs> to mix metaphors. <laughs> making a turkey, making a turkey is like putting lipstick on a pig. I'd rather, in fact, put lipstick on a pig. I'd rather have like a whole roast pig. 
And believe me, if the if the pilgrims had a cow, they'd have ate the cow way before they ate the shitty turkey. I guarantee it. Fair enough. And if and your point about if you really want to go off on Thanksgiving, cook duck was a was a solid point. Yeah. But uh, in that same vein, another recommendation for our listeners: um, if you want to wow the crowd and then have everybody, depending, assuming you know you have enough oven space for this and your crowd isn't too big, if you're up for the Cornish game hen effort, that is a uh, a nice um, turkey like substitute. Yeah, if you've got like six people coming over, yeah, to, yeah, to go six Cornish and then like don't give them silverware. <laughs> <laughs> like you're at nights at the tournament of kings where they just give you like chickens that you have to eat with your hands that'd be some now that'd well, be some it's, real it's funny that you say that because you kept telling me how like turkey was not good and i was like i kept thinking about yeah but man if you handed me a big greasy drumstick right now i'd be getting on it like it's all <laughs> nice and juicy tasteless all delicious again it's a, dip it in the gravy yeah it's all it's all wiry and ugh. anywho all right <laughs> I think our I think our both of our points are well made on this. Yeah, I think you're just wrong. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> the last thing I want to mention tonight was just that I saw Pat Ewing um, doing a post game interview about Georgetown basketball, and he was talking about one of his players showing some nuts, and then he corrected himself. He interrupted, and then he said, uh, "Showed himself, showed some big cojones." And they laugh and whatever. The guys on TV, everybody, you know, everybody loves it on TV when somebody accidentally talks about privates, right? And, oh, sure. oh, 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 oh. Um, and I just wanted to point out that th- there's a right way, in my opinion, to do this. If you're going to refer to someone like, you know, showing out with, by being ballsy, you just use the word stones. There's no substitution needed. You just say it all the time. It gets the point across because you can say it with the. The effort you were, or the, the, the emphasis <laughs> that's needed to get your point across. You're not going to go with the Bill Rafferty uh, uh, onions? onions? Onions is fine. Onions is fine. But I feel like that's, you know, you're appropriating it at this point. Sure. But just showed some stones. Would have sounded I, really good. I think nuts is fine. What's wrong with nuts? There's it's nothing really... wrong with nuts. When we were like little kids, we would say, oh, God, you're hitting the nuts. And everybody, <laughs> there, there's no problem. There's no difference to me between nuts and stones i mean I, I don't i don't even know why i don't even know why Patrick yeah, why is could, big cojones better than right nuts? right yeah i mean that's that yeah that's not a that's not a that's a dumb that's a dumb catch it's like he should just say you know what down the stretch he just showed a lot of nuts and you know we love him or whatever blah 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 blah. can it's you say going. testicular fortitude <laughs> the whole refer, the whole reference to your balls is just dumb anyway but you know you could. I just like stones. I think stones is funny. Stones is funny. I, there's nothing wrong with nuts. If you're just gonna say the fact that he corrects himself off of nuts is the funny part. It's like just say nuts. If you want to say nuts, just say nuts. But but to correct himself to big cojones, <laughs> that's no correction. That's somehow that's less offensive or less something than I get. It's like one. It's a. It's more euphemistic. <laughs> what what's a cojone anyway? It's Spanish for balls yeah for testicles i mean it's an basically actual, yeah it's, it's, a, a, it's spanish slang yeah it's a spanish it's spanish slang there's not like a spanish word for actual testicles there's no there probably is well, right of course there is but it's not cojones <laughs> <laughs> well no in, in the slang it's like saying balls like if i was a if i was a spanish speaking doctor and i said i had to no you wouldn't say cojones. No. <laughs> what i what i say pardon me but i need to examine your cojones no there's, there's a different word all right. Well, we should use that word then. Whatever that, whatever that well, word is. In Spanish, it's testiculos. <laughs> so I don't know if that's really that, that helpful. Yeah, not really that helpful, is it? Anyway, anyway big well. stones. And that's actually my favorite reference to, to nuts of all time was from the movie Speed, which is why I said in the intro was is like, you know, when Ortiz, if you recall the movie, sure. says to Jack Travern, "Hey man, you got some big round hairy gonads." <laughs> <laughs> And on that note, that's our show. (laughs) (laughs) Beautiful. Well done. Our thanks to all of you for listening to the two on three pod. Please know that we appreciate tremendously the time you choose to spend with us. If you don't already, please subscribe and or review on iTunes, Google play or stitcher. And don't be shy about sharing your thoughts and suggestions for the show. We're going to be off for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. All right. But we'll be back in two weeks with more shenanigans. And until then, Peace!